Method and Madness is a true crime podcast dealing with events of violence that may be disturbing to some. Listener discretion is advised. A car accident turns into an unsolved mystery. This is Season 2 of Method and Madness, Episode 33, What Happened to Arnold and Ruby. I'm your host, Don Gandhi. The body was dismembered. A ransom note was discovered. Hiker stumbled upon the nude body of a local... Police are looking into the brutal slaying of a young woman. There may be a clue in a released 911 call from... The victim said she was stalked for five years. Held captive inside a storage container. It was a twisted mix of obsession and revenge. No weapon has been located. Shot while asleep in their beds. Method. And madness. Some would call it one of the most bizarre cases they'd ever heard. A mysterious disappearance that only gets stranger with the passing of time. Some would even say something nefarious was going on. Maybe foul play was involved. What other explanation could there be when examining all the facts of this case? Let's dive in. It was early morning Saturday, December 12, 1992, just east of the tiny city of Lake Andes, South Dakota, near the Yankton Sioux Indian Reservation, the homeland of the Yankton Sioux Tribe. Today's case is about a young indigenous couple, Arnold Archambault, 20 years old, and Ruby Bruyere, 18 years old, the parents of a 19-month-old baby girl, whom they had left with Ruby's parents the night before, so that they could enjoy a night out. They had spent the night drinking with Ruby's cousin, Tracy Dion, age 17, and in those early morning hours on Saturday, the trio was out taking a drive. It was about 29 degrees that December morning, with no precipitation, and at 6 a.m., the sun had not yet risen. Arnold, Ruby, and Tracy were driving down U.S. Highway 281, just east of Lake Andes, and Arnold was at the wheel. Reportedly, after stopping at an intersection, Arnold gunned it and lost control of the car, causing it to flip over and land in a ditch between the road and some abandoned railroad tracks. The car stopped upside down on top of the frozen water in the ditch, and Tracy detailed what happened in those first moments after the accident. She remembered screaming as she was trapped upside down and her cousin Ruby seemed okay. She was also screaming. They were both banging on the windows, crying for help, Tracy said she did not know where Arnold was. The next thing that happened would puzzle Tracy for years. Ruby managed to slide out one of the doors and walk away, but the door had shut behind her, and Tracy, unable to see where she headed, could only sit and wait for help to arrive as she was still trapped upside down. Police arrived at the scene and rescued Tracy from the overturned car, 
but she didn't know where her cousin was or what had happened to the driver. She told police that she never saw Arnold after the crash. Not only were Arnold and Ruby not inside the car, it appeared they weren't outside of it either, at least not in the immediate vicinity. Anticipating that Arnold and Ruby were possibly injured nearby, police and volunteers searched the area looking for the couple along the roadway, in the ditch, and along the abandoned railroad track that ran parallel to the road. But the two were nowhere to be found. Months passed. Tracy recovered from her injuries, and the families of Arnold and Ruby were desperate for answers. The couple's daughter was being cared for by Ruby's family, and after an exhaustive search, not a single clue turned up to their whereabouts. A $1,000 reward was offered for information that would lead investigators to find Arnold and Ruby. The police with the Bureau of Indian Affairs were stumped. Where could the two be? How or why would they have left the scene without anyone hearing from them? Captain Vincent Merrick called it a very odd case, but didn't suspect foul play or abduction. Ruby's mother, Myrtle, had no idea why the two would have left their young daughter, and she said that they had no reason to disappear without a trace. Physical descriptions of Ruby and Arnold were sent out, and anyone with information was urged to contact authorities. The only key to where Ruby and Arnold could be was with Tracy, but she was just as confused as everyone else and didn't know why the pair would have left her without trying to get her out of the car. She said at the time that, quote, I don't think Ruby was hurt. She seemed alive and okay to me when I was in the car but I can't say for Arnold. There was speculation that Arnold and Ruby must have walked off in fear that they would meet legal trouble for being underage and under the influence, Arnold particularly, since he was the driver. But Arnold's family was adamant that he would never walk off and hide without telling his family where he was, that he would have at the very least called to let them know what was going on so they wouldn't worry. And family members were sure that neither Ruby nor Arnold would have stayed away from their daughter. And then, on Wednesday, March 10th, 1993, a passing motorist driving by the scene where the crash had occurred three months earlier saw a body floating in four feet of water in the ditch next to Highway 281. Law enforcement responded and found that the body was so badly decomposed that it was unrecognizable. Eventually, it was identified by a tattoo on the deceased's ankle that said, Love. It was Ruby Bruyere, and she was found only 75 feet from where Arnold's car had crashed. It was bewildering. The police had searched the area in December. So had volunteers— and Captain Merrick said, quote, Ruby turns up almost three months later at the scene of the accident, and where's Arnold? We don't know. 
he's still missing. An autopsy was scheduled to find out the cause and time of death, and meanwhile, police collected evidence from the area around where Ruby was discovered. The ditch, which was no longer frozen due to the warmer temperatures, was being drained of the water to look for possible evidence. And then, the next day, on Thursday, March 11th, 15 to 20 feet from where Ruby was found, Arnold's body was found. Arnold Archambault's body was in a different condition than Ruby's. His body was not nearly as decomposed as hers, adding to the mystery of what happened to the pair. His skin tone was normal, and he was not frozen to the ground. Authorities were certain that the couple had not died there in that ditch, that they hadn't been there when the search was conducted in December, and clues found at the scene seemed to confirm this for law enforcement and for grieving family members. Near where Ruby's body was found, a clump of her hair was discovered on the roadway, and police said it just wasn't possible for that hair to stay there for three months. Ruby was wearing the same clothing she had on the night of the crash, but her shoes and glasses were missing. Whether or not Arnold was wearing the same clothes is unknown. Another piece of the puzzle. A set of keys was found in Arnold's pocket, and to this day, the car or building that those keys unlock has yet to be found. The discovery of the bodies of Arnold and Ruby three months after the car crash shocked locals, particularly the investigators and volunteers who had searched that very ditch where the pair eventually ended up. Autopsy reports concluded that Ruby and Arnold had both died of exposure due to the below-freezing temperatures. A time of death could not be determined. And now that the two were no longer missing, more and more questions were being asked. How did Arnold and Ruby end up 75 feet away from the scene of the crash when it had been thoroughly searched and nothing had turned up? Where had they been for the past three months? Tim Whalen, Charles Mix County State Attorney, believed that the pair had died elsewhere and their bodies returned to the scene of the crash. He said, quote, We're certain those bodies were not there at the time of the accident. He added that he didn't think they had died where they were found and said, quote, I don't believe that they did for two reasons. One, they weren't there. Two, all of a sudden the bodies show up March 10th and 11th. Their manner and time of death is still under investigation. Years passed, and the circumstances of the case still haunted Deputy Bill Youngstrom, who said, quote, Somebody out there knows something, and I have to find that person. Ruby's father, Quentin Bruyere, said that something had to be behind the death of his daughter, that he believed she was dead long before Arnold was. Now, those are the facts of this case. The accident, Ruby and Tracy being trapped in the car, Tracy unaware of where Arnold was, Ruby leaving the car, 
and Arnold and Ruby not being found near the scene. Their bodies discovered three months later, 75 feet away from where the car had crashed in two different stages of decomposition. This case remains a mystery because of the bizarre circumstances that come with those facts. There are some common theories about what happened, and we'll get to those in a minute. First, let's address one detail that shows up in reports and articles, Ruby's age. In the articles I found from 1992 through 1995, she is usually listed as 19 years old. Ruby would have been 18 at the time of the crash in December, and if she had died immediately after and her body had been found, she would have been mentioned in articles as an 18-year-old. However, Ruby's birthday was in January, and if she survived the crash, she'd have soon turned 19. So because the police and her family did not believe she died as a result of the crash, but died somewhere else later, she's usually referred to as a 19-year-old. Many of the articles that had been written during the time Ruby was missing assumed she was still alive, which makes sense for the respect of her and her family. What's interesting is that her date of death is listed on her memorial as December 11, 1992, the night before the crash, the last time that her family had seen her. But if some of the theories are correct, that she wandered off and was met with foul play later, then yes, she was 19. And that brings us, in no particular order, to theory number one. Arnold was thrown from the car, or escaped the car, without Tracy realizing. Either she was unconscious for a few minutes, in shock, or something similar. Ruby then got out of the car to go find Arnold, and for some unknown reason, did not attempt to free Tracy. She and Arnold then meet up outside of the vehicle and discuss that if it's discovered they've been drinking, Arnold may go to jail and they may lose their daughter. They decide to lay low for a while, and they go find a hiding spot where someone comes upon them. Or, in a slight variation to this theory, they get picked up on the side of the road by a passing motorist who takes advantage of their situation. This explains how they weren't found by the police or volunteers searching the area in the light of day. They later end up getting killed and in order to make the death look accidental, or in other words, connected to the crash, the killer returns their bodies to the ditch to make it look like they'd always been there. The bodies being in very different conditions at the time of discovery only fuels these theories. How could that be, unless Ruby died much earlier than Arnold's? With this theory comes a statement from an unnamed witness who came forward and said she was out with friends on New Year's Eve three weeks after the crash, and they had seen Arnold and even talked to him for a bit. So if Arnold was alive on December 31st, where had he been hiding? And how did he end up dead and his body then returned to the scene of the crash? In 1995, 
The case was featured on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries. Tracy Dion appeared in interviews and detailed the events that night and said that Ruby was alive and okay at the time of the crash, and she had left Tracy inside the car. Tracy confirmed that she had no idea where Arnold was and didn't see either of them walking off as she was trapped upside down. The events of the crash were recreated with a stuntman driving and then rolling a car on Highway 281, which had been closed off, and local actors played the three people inside the car. Deputy Youngstrom, who worked this case for years, also appeared in the episode and discussed how the couple's bodies were not there when the initial search was conducted. He said, quote, This doesn't bring up any memories because I've been on the case from the get-go. I was the officer investigating the accident, and I was the officer who found the bodies. We still don't have the three main questions answered that I want answered. How did they die? Because they didn't die at the scene. Where were they at? How did they get back? So what supports this theory? You have Tracy saying that Ruby was okay when the crash happened, okay enough to walk away from the crash. There's the police and volunteers, adamant that the two were not in the ditch after the crash, and that unnamed witness who saw Arnold weeks after the crash. That witness was given a polygraph, and it was determined that she was telling the truth. The two other witnesses with her in the car said that they did not remember seeing Arnold. They failed their polygraphs. Let's assume for a minute that polygraphs are 100% accurate. What would be the motive for the two other witnesses to lie about seeing Arnold? Do they know more than they are willing to admit? And if the first witness who passed her polygraph really did see Arnold on December 31st, assuming he was already a friend or acquaintance, why wasn't a bigger deal made about their encounter initially? Wouldn't she have asked, where have you been? Unless Arnold told the witness to stay hush. Arnold being out and about and without Ruby could mean that she was already dead, but where was she? And what situation could explain her death in an unknown location with Arnold out in public on New Year's Eve, only to turn up dead later? The witness theory in general doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Let's put that aside and focus on the other part of the theory about Arnold and Ruby being killed. It's not likely that any of this occurred, but that doesn't mean it's impossible. What does seem highly implausible is that the killer would take the risk of returning the bodies to the scene of the accident. And how was the cause of death determined to be exposure if they had died elsewhere or been killed? Some of the investigating officers have said that they don't necessarily think foul play was a factor, but they do believe the two died elsewhere. So then how were they returned to the scene unless it was foul play? Theory one, while far-fetched, isn't impossible, but it leads to so many questions that, in my opinion, which, hey, take it or leave it, defy logic. Here's theory number two, again, in no particular order. 
Arnold suffered a head injury and was either ejected from the car that morning or he wandered away from the crash, physically injured and collapsed in the ditch. Ruby exited the car to find Arnold and found him with a head injury and attempted to rescue him. Due to the cold weather and the frozen ground and the fact that she was intoxicated, she was unable to revive him or lift him, and hypothermia took over, and she died trying to rescue him or while attempting to return to the road to get help. Both she and Arnold were sadly overlooked during the ensuing search. Before dissecting this theory, let's move on to a similar theory number three. Both Ruby and Arnold were afraid of the legal repercussions and both left the car once they realized Tracy was okay. The plan was to get out of there, and it's possible they didn't realize how cold it was, especially if they were intoxicated. And hypothermia, which can cause confusion, drowsiness, exhaustion, and loss of coordination, took over. Both theories seem plausible enough, but it's hard to speculate on how Ruby and Arnold weren't found by police if they were laying in that very ditch in broad daylight. Here is a comment made by Deputy Youngstrom. Death by exposure is like they froze to death. I cannot actually buy that. They may have froze to death, but they didn't freeze to death at that ditch. It's impossible that they could have been there the entire three months. I myself personally walked that ditch several times during that period. I've gotten written affidavits from people that also watched, walked it, people that have nothing to do with the case. They couldn't have been there. They couldn't have been missed. This is the essence of what makes this case so bewildering. It's the certainty for me. The certainty from several people that Ruby and Arnold were not there. Now, how do theories two and three explain the bodies being in different levels of decomposition? The process of human decay varies, and one of the factors that contribute is weather. Bodies usually decompose faster in warmer, more humid climates, and dry climates can cause a body to mummify. A cold environment can slow down the process and preserve the body more. It's possible that Arnold's body was found in an area of the ditch that was more frozen, which therefore would make it appear that he died long after Ruby. And since it was a cold climate, this could explain why the time of death could not be determined, as death by exposure is usually estimated based on insect activity, which would have been absent given the winter temperatures. Admittedly, when I first heard about this case, I was intrigued by the details and that Arnold's and Ruby's bodies were absolutely not at the scene, but then they were returned to the scene. And the big question was, where were they for three months? But after digging deeper, there was so much more to it which can make the case seem less mysterious and more like a tragic set of events. What's the likely scenario? That there was an extensive search, and for whatever reason, whether it was oversight or something else, the police made a massive error and didn't find Arnold and Ruby, but they had actually been there the whole time. Or that Arnold and Ruby somehow left the scene, either willingly or by force, while possibly injured, 
and were met with foul play by a person or persons who then took advantage of the situation and returned their bodies to the scene to make it seem like they'd always been there. The FBI closed this case in 1999, but the family of Arnold and Ruby and the police that worked this case do not have a resolution. Some family members of Arnold and Ruby's have been vocal in saying that the lack of resolution is attributed to how disproportionately Indigenous victims of crime are handled compared to non-Indigenous people. Here are some stats regarding Indigenous people and violence, as reported by the Association on American Indian Affairs. American Indians and Alaska Natives are two and a half times as likely to experience violent crimes and at least two times more likely to experience rape or sexual assault crimes compared to all other races. More than four in five American Indian and Alaska Native women, or 84.3%, have experienced violence in their lifetime. Homicide is the third leading cause of death among American Indian and Alaska Native women between 10 and 24 years of age. And the fifth leading cause of death for American Indian and Alaska Native women between 25 and 34 years of age. If you have any information about this case, please call Charles Mix County Sheriff's Office at 605-487-7625. Thank you for listening to Method and Madness. This is an independent podcast, so if you'd like to show your support, you can leave a five-star rating on Spotify or a five-star review on Apple Podcast or on Podchaser. It makes the show more visible for new listeners. I'm on Twitter at MethodPod and on Instagram at Method and Madness Pod. There's a Method and Madness page on Facebook as well. To chat or discuss the episode, reach out to me at Method and Madness Pod at gmail.com. Method and Madness is research written and hosted by me. It is edited by Moen Spo. Thanks to Faith and John of the Mission Rejected podcast and to Rohan for lending their voices for the theme music. Method and Madness is a true crime podcast dealing with dark and disturbing subject matter. For crisis support, text hello to 741-741.